What you're about to hear is of a general nature and doesn't take into account your personal financial situation, needs or objectives. We recommend you seek financial advice before making any decisions about your super and consider the relevant UniSuper product disclosure statement. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Super Informed Radio. I'm Rob. I'm Lyndon. And I'm Marta. It's been a while since our last episode, but now that the end of financial year is done and dusted, we are back. Yes, we are. Now, because there's been a lot happening in super in recent months, we're taking a slightly different tack this episode and talking all things spending and saving with an associate professor from the University of Sydney's Business School. And we've also been keeping an eye out on the podcast mailbox and had a few questions come through from our listeners. So we have invited Angela Riga from our contact centre back to the studio to answer some of your questions. Also, because a new financial year obviously means new beginnings, we're going to set ourselves a little bit of a money challenge. But we'll begin this episode with that sometimes uncomfortable subject matter of spending and saving. Now, have you ever felt guilty coming home after shopping? Have you ever walked into a shop with a list of things to buy only to come out with a bunch of stuff you didn't even need? Why does our brain somehow convince us to spend our hard-earned money? And what can we do about it? Dr. Shumi Akhtar is an associate professor at the University of Sydney's Business School, and we spoke with her about our behaviours towards spending and saving. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do and what your research focuses on? Sure. So um, I'm, I'm an associate professor in finance at the University of Sydney Business School, finance discipline, and my research focuses on many aspects of the economy and its efficiency, um, as well as uh, the well-being. So uh, the type of research I do is consumers, spending behaviour, and also how the market itself works in terms of valuation of assets mm -hmm. and understanding how the, the efficiency of uh, bond market, equity market and interest rate impacts on everyday people's life, basically. Interesting. So taking it to the sort of consumer spending and stuff, would you say, and I subscribe to this theory personally, but sure. does your work find that or does, has your research found that retail, is retail therapy a real thing? It is a real thing. And, and you know, we all do it. Um, some do it knowingly, others do it uh, unknowingly. In fact, it is more prominent, more in the female uh, population in terms of the gender than male. <laughs> but lately so, um, in the 21st century, there is a uh, upward trend of men um, starting uh, stepping into that, uh, that space as well. So it is a real thing. In some of the research that I read, you brought up a concept about um, competitive spending or particularly among uh, a younger demographic when there's a, a discounted item or, or something is on special that the younger demographic tend to sort of flock to it and think, I need to, I must have this now, I've got to have it, I can't miss out. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit more so, about that? So the spending behaviour varies across different generations and then also across different age as well as different income groups. So generally speaking, the younger generation, when there's something on, on a special or half the price or quarter of a price, they just go for the bargain, regardless of whether they actually need the item. There is this contention is that whether when the younger generation goes and buys all these things, do they actually realize the value uh, of the item itself or they're just doing it out of spite? And because, generally speaking, younger generation, they don't really earn much. 
because you know they they are in a different stage of their life. So therefore, uh, anything that's reduced, they can see that they, it, it, it triggers in their brain the affordability. Mm-hmm. The, uh, if they can afford it, they should go for it, regardless of whether they actually really need it per se. So there's a needing uh, requirement, and then there's a uh, the value assessment. The younger generation are not the best people to judge the value of the item. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that. I'm sure there's there's a lot of truth in that. I believe you. Guilty. <laughs> but ju- just on that, you said that the younger people generally obviously don't have the income of those that are a little bit older. Did the research also confirm that people tend to generally, at whatever age they are, spend more than they actually earn? And if so, why are they doing that? Yeah, so it is a, it is a bit of a psychological connotation is attached to it because when we go in the shops, we see new things and it's it's quite refreshing. And our human behavior is to do something that kind of comforts us. So when we're actually um, going, even if you don't end up buying something, even the very fact that you actually went to the shops, that itself gives you some kind of good feeling. And if you bought something at a special price, that's even a better feeling because you may have, I mean, if you, if you need it, then that's a different story. You may have been wanting it so badly for many years or something, and finally you found it, it's just a discount price. And then you go, okay, that's great. In that case, the value coincided with your needing. But most of the time, so though, um, uh, you see something which is a special price, you just go for it. And and it's it's just a it's it's just a uh, psychological um, satisfaction that we go and then we buy something something new. New is always refreshing, and mm-hmm. it it makes us uh, gives us some kind of level of satisfaction. Yeah, agreed. We all like shiny new things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after payday. <laughs> Have you come across anything or, or do you find that changing economic or political trends or climates can shift people's spending or saving habits? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's one of the very uh, important determining factor in terms of who is the political leader per se and what, is the, what are their agendas or uh, policies for the whole economy per se. Some uh, political leader comes and, you know, they um, increase the tax and and also uh, don't really proportionately increase the wages or salaries. In mm-hmm. that case, you are coughing up more than what you are actually keeping to yourself. So therefore, um, it definitely has an impact how the economy itself is running by the dictatorship of the uh, political leaders. And usually when the political leaders are quite generous and, and they're generous at all uh, levels of the economy in terms of the high earners versus the middle earners and, and the, the lower income earners. And if there is a like a constant amount of uh, gift per se, like, you know, it's like a handout of, okay, well, if you are paying that much of mortgage or something, you will get this much handout from the government. So those kind of incentive also plays a role mm. uh, in terms of in, in, the, in the spending. And of course, that's not the only factor. There are other factors, like generally speaking, if the inflation is quite low, so which means that the price doesn't go up that much, then we can still afford it, even though yeah, our, our earnings is not that much. So uh, if the price itself can be a determining factor, and usually when the economy is in a bad shape, 
then uh, people tend to spend less on the luxury items and spend basically, uh, I wouldn't say more on their bare necessities, it's just uh, relatively speaking, it seems like they're spending more on their consumable stuff, which like bread and butter and things. I mean, you don't end up having more bread or more butter just yeah. because the economy is in downturn. You still spend the same constant amount, but the very fact that you are not spending anything else in luxury items or something more expensive like entertainments and things like that then it seems like you're spending more in your basic consumables so i would say yes it is uh, and then that's what research finds anyway that the status of the economy also dictates and also who is in power dictates the spending behavior of the consumers mm. we here at unisuper encourage members to make personal contributions to their accounts and obviously promote some great tax benefits that can come with that. I'm just keen to know any of the research you've you've conducted or the, any research that you've come across, if you've been able to decipher the savings behaviour of people generally, do they prefer to put money in a bank account more than, than their superannuation? I mean, I would say that that is usually the case, but why do you think that is? Okay, so um, basically if you put the money in the superannuation, you don't get access to it until the certain point where you will be ha- uh, able to access to those money. Mm. But people, even if they earn bit extra money and then they end up putting it in the bank or something or keep it uh, more in a cash form so that it's just uh, easier to access, it just gives them more freedom to do it. And then we all love our freedoms. And then freedom is something that you can't really put a value on it. It's almost like priceless. In terms of whether... Uh, whether people would be putting more in their super as opposed to putting more in their bank or to keep money in the, uh, for uh, usage, it actually depends on actually it actually depends on the uh, the person the personality as well as their education level too the understanding of financial matters. Mm-hmm. So on average, if the understanding of financial matters is pretty low, they will never understand the value of the money, uh, whether it, it will be worth more by saving now or I should spend now and enjoy it, enjoy it right now and then worry about the future later. So it boils down to people's education level and understanding. Uh, no, not exactly education. Sometimes may not, people may not be educated, but they have got a very good and deep understanding of financial matters. Like, yes. for example, whether they should, uh, if they have got uh, extra, say, $1,000 now, whether they should go and spend it on the lavish stuff that they really wanted to all this time, or they should actually put it aside and leave it for the future um, so that it generates income itself. And then from the generation of income, they can spend it. So it's quite subjective. Yeah. That mm. issue. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges that we we sort of face is trying to sort of show the future value of, of money put away now. I think it yeah. yeah, I think it's a long term thing. I mean it, it turns out to be which is quite an astonishing finding is that uh, on average people doesn't really understand a very simple math. Say so if you have hundred dollars now and then how it will grow in a year time or ten years time and not only just the grow, I mean it can grow two ways. One is a tangible grow, another one is the inflation grow. Mm-hmm. They don't understand the meaning of those two. If it's the inflation grow, then you haven't actually grown. You just maintained the the the, the CPI of the economy. But if there's a tangible grow, which is uh, over and above the inflation, then that is a real growth. And that is how your investment will actually make a difference in life um, uh, in, in an aggregate level. So that's one understanding not people has on average in Australia or even in some of the international countries where education level is much higher than Australia. And finally, um, before we go, yeah. would you consider yourself a spender or more of a saver? 
Um, funny you ask that question. I'm more of a spender than saver, actually. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I mean, I love shopping. So it, it comes down to more of my behavioral aspect than the understanding of the financial matters. <laughs> I mean, I, I specialize in finance, and of course I know how things work, but sometimes I can't resist. And that's, that's more like, uh, oh, look at that. I mean, how cool is this? And, and, and I, I really need it, even though I really don't need it. Uh, I really need it. I want to have it, so I will go and buy it. And yeah, I, I would say I'm a spender more of it, more than a saver. Well, that I feel so much better that you've said that now, Demi. I don't feel guilty <laughs> at all. <laughs> we are all in the same bucket. That's yes. Right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Shumi. We really appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. Dr. Shumi Akhtar there from the University of Sydney's Business School, uh, speaking about the psychology of spending and saving. Now, in keeping with that theme, we thought it would be interesting to uh, conduct a bit of a challenge here at UniSuper. And uh, of course, we have our own Marta here with us. And we've also invited in James Lowndes, who is from our contact centre. Welcome to Super Informed Radio, James. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for inviting me. So, James, thanks for volunteering uh, to be part of this little challenge we're running here. Um, so, I think perhaps what we'll do for our listeners just quickly, we'll get an idea of uh, who James and Marta are as spendi- spenders and savers. Um, James, what are some of the, the, the biggest things in, in your spending and saving world? Well, a little bit about myself. Um, I work here at Unisuper within member services, uh, 50 years of age, um, an average income, two children, both teenagers, 13 and 15. Uh, both in private school, I have a mortgage. To answer your question, Lyndon, probably the biggest challenge is the two private school fees mm-hmm. each year. Yeah, that's got to be a big one. Yes, it, it is. Um, it's manageable, but it stretches the budget. <laughs> I can well believe that. And now turning to our very own Marta, tell us a little about, bit about yourself as a spender and saver. What are some of the big big ticket items for you? Mm-hmm. So I'm in my early 30s. I rent in the inner city, um, in Melbourne's inner city. Um, I have no dependents and I guess I'm trying to save for whether it's buying a home or whatever, but I don't really know what I'm saving for at the moment. My main priority is just to pay down a personal loan I've taken out that I did to consolidate my credit card debts. Oh, very interesting. So, well, the reason why we'd like to have both of you involved in this exercise uh, is that you're both obviously very different stages of your lives and have vastly different uh, financial responsibilities. uh, So the comparisons could be quite vast. So what we're going to get you to do, if it's okay, is keep track of every item you spend over the course of one pay period, which is the next two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll get you both to report back your findings in our next episode of Super Informed Radio. Uh, so what we're going to then do in the following episode is invite an, a, an advisor from UniSuper Advice to come in and assess what you've been doing, your spending habits, and, and see if they can provide a few pointers on how you might be able to improve those habits. Are you up for the challenge? Challenge accepted, albeit a little bit reluctantly. (laughs) Oh dear, but I accept the challenge. Excellent, (laughs) excellent. Very good. We look forward to uh, looking at that in the next episode. (laughs) 
Okay, so moving on, we've been thrilled to receive some of your emails regarding the podcasts. Some listeners have emailed in some questions they'd like us to explore. And so as a result, we've brought back Angela Riga, who is one of the team leaders in our contact centre. Welcome back to the show, Ange. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Now, um, as I said, we've received uh, several emails, mostly related to last year's and this year's federal budget. So we might dive straight into the questions. First one is from Lisa in New South Wales. Is Unisuva offering the first home super saver scheme? So to provide some context firstly around the question, in the 2017 federal budget, the government introduced a measure allowing members to make contributions from 1 July 2017. Um, They could make these to their super account to assist with savings towards a deposit for their first home. These contributions can be done via salary sacrifice, deducted personal contributions or non-concessional after-tax contributions. Members would be allowed to make a deposit of up to $15,000 a year. It is important to note, though, that this hasn't been passed into law. As a result, we're not offering this facility as yet to our members. If and when this measure does get passed into law, we'll let all of our members know about how this will work for them. So, Angela, another question that's come in uh, from John in South Australia. He says, I understand there's a limit of $1.6 million that I can transfer from my accumulation account to a flexi pension. Uh, and then he says, what happens if I transfer more than $1.6 million? Can I transfer more than $1.6 million? Sorry, in regards to this question, from 1 July this year, there is an indexed $1.6 million limit on the total amount of super that you can transfer into your retirement phase. Anyone with a balance between $1.6 and $1.7 million will have until the 31st of December 2017 to bring their balance within the current limit, that is $1.6 million, without being subject to any excess transfer balance tax. From 1 July this year, anyone with a balance of $1.7 million or above will be subject to the excess balance transfer tax. So to answer John's question, you can transfer more than $1.6 million, but just be mindful of the consequences if you do. Some options available to members are to move their excess amount over the balance to either an accumulation account or they can withdraw their money as a cash withdrawal. Thanks for that, Ange. Uh, if you'd like your question answered in a future episode of Super Informed 80 Radio or if you've got any feedback, feel free to drop us a line at superinformed at unisuper.com.au. And that brings us to the end of another episode of Super Informed Radio. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or on SoundCloud and give us a rating or review, which helps the podcast out big time. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening, and if you'd like to catch up on any of our past episodes, simply go to unisuper.com.au forward slash podcasts. Thanks very much. See you next time.